closing time. Open all the doors and let you out into the world. Closing time. Turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl. Closing time. One last call for alcohol. So finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can. Is 17 minutes before the hour here on the Dread at Large radio show. And normally at this time, we would have a segment with our good friend James Patrick Riley. I was kind of hoping you were going to pay, play his intro music, but you can play it now. It is good. But uh, James Patrick sent me an email um, not too long ago, which means it was very early in the morning or late at night, depending on how you look at it. And uh, he's had trouble uh, sleeping and not felt well this week, so he wasn't feeling up to the call, and he was hoping to stay in bed and sleep it off, for lack of a better term. And we do appreciate the effort that he does make. You folks have to understand that when he's on the air, it's 20 minutes of 6 in the morning there, or it's 20 minutes of 9 in the morning here. And uh, it's not like he gets paid to do it. (laughs) And he does, in addition to all of his historical uh, writings and efforts and his uh, uh, recordings, his historical productions, which include the Courage New Hampshire uh, television series, which is Stella. Uh, He does run a living history farm out there on the left coast, which uh, focuses on colonial times, pre-revolutionary colonial times. Although he does uh, uh, get into some revolutionary stuff, like his rendition of Patrick Henry's Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death, which he's done here on the Drow Large Radio Show from time to time. Uh, so he, he runs a big business. He's got a big family. He's got uh, big endeavors with his historic productions. You can learn about it all at colonybay.tv. That's colonybay.tv. And you can join me in joining the colony because I'm sure you've done dumber things with $17.76. But uh, I love the TV series. I do go back and watch it. And I wish he would hurry up and finish the rest of the series because episode four ends on this enormous cliffhanger with his uh, character Silas Rhodes, the Justice of the Peace, in the uh, town of Courage, New Hampshire, which is based on the town of Chesterfield, where his ancestors actually hail from, which is just outside of Keene, with this dramatic you know, confrontation with Governor Wentworth across the table at a uh, militia muster in Portsmouth, then the colonial capital. And uh, there's this dramatic sort of you know, confrontation between the governor and Silas Rhodes. And as it, it draws to an end, as the two men are across the table with their respective cadres of supporters on either side, there's this uh, dramatic volley of rifle fire, which startled the governor. And the governor said, what was that? And Silas Rose says, it was a vote. Because Silas's people were out uh, uh, persuading the militias to join them in a stand against the governor. And this is all based on, on, on history, right? And so 
the the sign that the other militias around the state were with the militia from courage was the firing of their volleys the governor said what was that and silas rhodes said a vote then the music comes up the startled look of the governor uh governor's face um who was masterfully paid by played by a, a fellow named napoleon i'm drawing his a blank on his last name but anyways a lot of fun and so I am hanging on the cliff, wanting to know what the next step is. And uh, they're working on it. <laughs> it's not that he doesn't know the story. It's not that it isn't written. But like many, he's got to you know raise the funds necessary to, pro- to, to do the production. So when you join uh, at uh, colonybay.tv for $17.76, know that uh, you can not only see the first four episodes, you can either uh, uh, obtain them on DVDs or stream them from the website. Your contribution will go toward the um, uh, completion of the production, and which is aired on many. It's aired on television, on, on various cable networks, on various PBS channels. But interestingly, the one PBS channel they can't seem to get to play it is uh, our channels here, which are all governed by WGBH out of Boston. For some reason, Boston uh, WGBH is not allowing it to be aired, probably because they're a bunch of liberal commie bastards who don't want the uh, you know the real story of the issues facing the, uh, the colonists told, because if they do, they'll be exposed to the real answers of the colonists, and it will go against the political grain of uh, WGBH in Boston and in general um, – uh, the mantras of the left in public television. So with that, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we should uh, probably address a couple of, uh, a couple of areas and um, you know, al- along the lines of history, uh, look folks, I'm going to say this again. And you know, um, in Manchester, we have taken steps to combine that um, uh, we have taken steps to follow state law and develop an assessment for our juniors on civics. The state passed a law that basically said uh, because education in the um, make kids in education <laughs> recognizing that uh, our students were doing terribly in history and things like that the state decided that it would pass a law that requires districts to more or less self-assess and they su- suggested the the uh, uh citizenship exam that um are given to uh, potential citizens in the country and so we actually moved in in manchester to start the process of developing an exam using that as the basis. Uh, Dr. Vargas brought in the Bar Association and, uh, because the Bar Association uh, actually has a um, uh, works with school districts across the state, the New Hampshire Bar Association, to uh, develop their uh, history and civics curriculum and, uh, and assess. So we've started the process here. And, you know, unfortunately, and it just goes to show you that uh, uh, people who like to revise history will attack the efforts of those who want to teach it. A school board candidate here in Manchester named David Scannell um, apparently saw the Curriculum and Instruction Committee meeting where this was brought up. And it was brought up, frankly, because I put it on the agenda. 
uh, several months ago, and he came to the board of school committee and um, said that while the board was struggling to figure out how to uh, address civics in the city, the district is not struggling. We've actually started on a very constructive um, cooperative path to do it. Uh, he, 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 he said we were misplacing our emphasis by putting it on a test. And then he went on this diatribe before the board about how we need to do kind of like what Bedford did when it encouraged kids to oppose a, a study bill that would have evaluated the international baccalaureate program where the students um, were allowed to give misinformation, given the day off with credit towards their their uh, political activities uh, credit uh, by going to the Senate to rail against the bill, which they ultimately were successful in killing. It wasn't just the students. It was the whole education establishment that really didn't want the international baccalaureate program that was being used in Bedford and is being proposed to be used in other communities around the state uh, to be evaluated. And there are serious questions about that uh, program because, among other things, while it uh, teaches the word-for-word the UN's declaration uh, of of you know unif- uniform declaration of human rights um, and uh, advocates for global citizenship. It does not teach word for word the United States Constitution or the virtues or merits of being an American. Um, you know, and people say, well, local control they get to decide what they do. Well, maybe they do and maybe they don't, but they don't get to sign on to agreements that actually subject their school board to uh, foreign authority. Because when you have the IB, you actually become subject to. Uh, regulatory uh, institutions of the United Nations that, in fact, do this. So he goes on this whole diatribe and misrepresents it. It makes it look like we're struggling and we're trying to say that the test is the be-all, end-all, when, in fact, if the actually uh, David Scannell actually accurately and honestly represented the discussion that was held at that committee, uh, the committee that's chaired by incumbent uh, Ward 2 school board member Debbie Langton, who he's running against, he would have seen that um, we actually are looking to develop the test in such a way as to not only comply with the state law, which he failed to tell anybody we were talking about the test for, because the test said districts must test this year, starting this year. And it didn't, re- it didn't require, it, it, it didn't uh, impose a test. It suggested the citizenship test, which I proposed be used as a starting point, And uh, it allowed districts with the flexibility to determine what assessments they were going to use, but said they have to assess. All right. So we've embarked on a comprehensive way of uh, developing uh, a a test as a starting point with the specific goal of being able to use that test to figure out what, if any, shortfalls exist in our teaching of history and civics in the Manchester School District. And Dr. Vargas, in addition to working with the... um, uh, the the bar association uh, and using the citizenship test as a basis, uh, you know, asked not that he needed to. Basically, said, you know what I want to do? I also want to involve our our teachers, our social studies teachers in the district, and get their feedback on what they're teaching, how they're teaching it, and the best way to assess whether or not it's effective. So rather than praise the 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 school board or the committee for its good work, the 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 superintendent for his deliberate methodical approach in the school board for giving its blessings to uh, both the work done by the committee 
um, and the approach recommended by the superintendent, we got this knucklehead, David Scannell, and I will call him a knucklehead. I know some people complain when I use names, but you know what? It's dishonest to come for your own political purposes to rail against something that didn't happen so you can score political points on a completely ridiculous set of proposals that are not based in teaching our history and our heritage and helping kids understand our institutions. It's all aimed at developing little political activists, which is, by the way, one of the things the Common Core is absolutely focused on doing, as is the International Baccalaureate Program that we were talking about in the town of Bedford before. They create more little political activists who don't understand their history, their heritage, the the institutions that were created, the governing documents, the foundations of them, the purposes, the the the, the rationales which have been completely whitewashed out of uh, modern day teaching of history. Because you know it's more important that uh, George Washington be known as a slave owner than as the uh, as the only man in history up to his point in time, to voluntarily relinquish power to another administration. What was it the King of England said? If it's true that George Washington has relinquished power for another, that he is the greatest man that has ever lived on earth or some such thing, right? So um, for people like David Scannell to, to try and score cheap political points at the expense of the chairman of the committee and the efforts of the school district to actually come up with a rational uh, way of uh, of designing a meaningful assessment, a meaningful test that will help us understand where our shortfalls are so that we can then go back and improve instruction, to me, was the height of just all that is wrong in education. And I say this, by the way, knowing full well that he himself, uh, once upon a time, was a teacher in the Manchester School District and now teaches in Milford, uh, but before then was as big a political hack you could find, having been a spokesman for the uh, Democratic Party in New Hampshire, um, uh, an aide to Mayor Baines. And after Baines lost, they literally created out of whole cloth before Baines left office, before Ginta could take hold, a, a do-nothing position for him that he could get paid over $50,000 a year by the Manchester School District while he spent three days a week during the legislative session as a state rep on school district time while being paid by the school district doing his state rep thing. And when he was um, in the district using his position to politically lobby uh, teachers and others on a variety of issues, not the least of which was the 2009 contract, <laughs> that um, ultimately caused him to be laid off after he became a teacher, him and 79 of his best friends. So welcome to Wally World, but just know uh, he's not going to get away with it as long as people like me who know the history and are willing to say it in our out loud voices are, uh, uh, take care to do it. This is Gerard at Large. Alrighty, folks, on Monday, we have a busy day. It's the day before the primary, and I'm sure we'll have more candidates uh, on the air, like Tom Svoliantopoulos, a candidate for Alderman in Ward 2. We'll also be joined by Ava Castillo, Kimberly Morin, Steve McDonald, and oh, so much more. 
For the entire team here at Toronto at Large, I am your ever-humble host, Rich Gerard. Thanks for tuning in. Until tomorrow, be good, be well, don't do any... Until Monday, be good, be well, don't do anything we wouldn't do. We're proud to have you in the audience. Thanks so much for being there. Please remember our sponsors. Give them the first opportunity to earn your business and let them know you heard about them on Draw to Large. It matters. Have a great weekend, everyone. Stay dry and know that uh, if I survive the police exam, I'll tell you all about it Monday morning.